This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. A lot of people know I didn't start out as a Navy SEAL. I went to the Navy back in 1985 and said I wanted to be a SEAL because I'd heard about them from the recruiters. And they, the Army and the Navy and the Marine Corps all told me the toughest special forces were the SEALs. I'd never heard of a SEAL, but I said, cool, I'll do that. Because that was my, my juvenile perspective on what the best thing to be was, was the toughest guy I could imagine. But I had this high aptitude for languages, too. And it, they have a language test called the Defense Language Aptitude Battery, or D-Lab. And I scored higher than anybody in New York had seen at that recruiting center. So they said, we'll give you any language you want. Now, it's 1985. The Soviets were hot on everybody's mind. And I was, uh, you know, I'd watched all the James Bond movies. So I said, let me go ahead and be a, a Soviet guy. I'd be a Russia guy. So they said, cool, you got the language. And I said, I can still be a SEAL, right? And the recruiter said, yes, no problem. Sign here. Fast forward 10 years because I couldn't be a SEAL as a linguist, and I'd done a career with NSA, and I'd gone through a a bunch of iterations of advanced language schools and become good at it, but I never let go of the the SEAL thing. So I want to talk today about following your calling because that is what has made me what I am today. Whatever that may be, I was driven by this calling, and I've had a lot of young men come up to me in recent years, hey, I want to be a SEAL too, and I'll say, okay, why? Because it shouldn't be just uh, something you think you have to do to be a good guy. Like, you know, it's too easy to, to admire biceps and tattoos these days. And, and there's commandos all over Instagram doing the, the beards and being, I call it, Amazon Prime badasses or commandos. They got all their kit from uh, online ordering compared to the blood, sweat, and tears of earning it. So that path led me to becoming a frogman, which led me to be the nerd thug uh, from NSA guy and the SEAL guy that went into counterterrorism and red teaming and eventually into coaching and built Impact Actual. That's the once around the world on why I want, it's so important to me to talk about today's topic because the why behind what you do is absolutely critical to having a life that is fulfilling, having a life that is something you're satisfied waking up in the morning, even if it's a little harder to do the thing that you're doing than what you could have done. Like when I almost went into defense contracting as a prime and then as an executive, eventually I was going that direction before we really built out impact because that was a living death for me. Today's guest is somebody that I've I've had the tremendous fortune to meet over the past few years, like so many people these days, through social media. I met Iris Almerio through uh, Instagram, started following her account and just started chatting and DMing and saying, hey, this is great. I love what you're doing with Dog Rescue and things we'll talk about today. But this is a bona fide movie star, our first movie star on the episodes. And I'm really, really glad. Iris, welcome aboard Beyond Your Limits. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for the warm welcoming. I said, who's that? I want to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds cool. No, but you are cool. And that's really neat. And, and we're going to talk about the movie starring and the TV starring and the current projects and how you got there. And, and you know, that's what today's topic of following your calling is so important for, for going beyond your limits. That's my 
whole purpose in life these days is to help people destroy self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, things that hold them back. And so I was so excited when you agreed to come on the show and say, you know, I want to listen to your story. I want to share your story. I want to hear people or have people hear what you've done to get to where you are and how you're doing it. And even what's next for you, what's beyond today's Iris Almerio's uh, limits, you know, to go into the next incarnation. And as always, welcome aboard, Eric, our on-air producer. Hey, folks. Thanks, Rob. Pleasure to be here today. Iris, great to meet you. This is a tremendous topic. And the work that I do as a coach, there's just there's so many people out there that just don't truly go after what they're passionate about. And, and they they have that, you know, that very nine to five-ish, play-by-the-rules kind of attitude. And it doesn't really get ultimately get them anywhere. And they look back at some point in their life and said, wait a minute, I could have I done this or I could have done that. But I didn't have what it takes to, to follow through on that or I didn't find some way to help coach me through that. So it's a really interesting topic. And, you know, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks, Eric. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is amazing. Now, we, we touched on briefly on some projects. Can you go ahead? I want to first throw out there. We'll, we'll do it at the end as well. But I want to toss out irisalmario.com like the men's names, Al and Mario. Almario.com. Yes, when they when they ask how to pronounce it, I always say it's Al Mario. Put them together, Al Mario. There you, you know go. what I hate about Dubois is I have to say sometimes it looks like Dubois. That burns my ears, <laughs> but it does look like Dubois, so it helps them spell it. Yeah, mine's easy. I just go by Bond. Bond, yes, Eric Bond. Oh gosh, okay. Well, lucky you, Eric. <laughs> it's easy for him. <laughs> I'm going to open up with my favorite Iris Almario character ever, Soledad. Goldberg, which is the best character name I've ever heard in my life. I'm sure there actually is a real Soledad Goldberg in the world somewhere. There's got to be some woman who married a man whose name was Goldberg, but that's such a great name. I know. It is a great name. I love that they came up with that. And Jane the Virgin. And that was such a fun character. A publicist was, you know, who's just caught up in, in ratings and press and what people are saying and creating buzz any which way. And Rogelio, played by Jaime Camil, he, his character gets kidnapped. So I, you know, I come in and I'm like, well, this is a, you know, how do we get some, you know, some traction on this? And it was such a fun show to work on because I was a fan of the show before booking it. And I had been in several times for roles that were smaller. Although they say there's no small roles in show business, but there were co-stars. And I thought, you know, this is a show that I feel that I'm right for. So I want to wait for something a little bit meatier that I can, you know, dive into. And so something came up, but I was shooting a print shop down in San Diego. So that came and went. And I thought, well, was that, was that my one opportunity? And then I think maybe two weeks later, Soledad, her character came up. And I just, I fell in love with, with the character and, you know, I auditioned and then I, I got it. And what was interesting was I was on hold for another show, an ABC show called Bones. Um, but they still were not willing to commit. And I told my manager, I said, listen, I, I want to do Jane the Virgin. They're, they're saying, yes, we want Iris. I want them. Let's make this happen. And everyone was really nice. I had such a blast in between scenes. They were playing salsa music and, you know, Gina Rodriguez and Andrea, who played her mom on the show, were, were dancing salsa. And I thought, well, this is perfect. I grew up dancing at the Copacabana. This is great. And then I watched how Gina 
went behind the camera and I thought, well, is she directing? And she was very, very hands-on. And it was very inspiring for me as an actor to open up my eyes to other ways to storytell and not be just an actor, not just an actor, but, you know, think about writing and producing and directing. Yeah, that was a wonderful experience. I loved it. And there's so many fans of that show. That was a great opportunity to see what what the alternatives are besides just being in front of the lens. I mean, I know there's some um, some very high, big names in the business who who completely shift over to directing, right? Or other forms of obviously everybody's a, an executive producer in the Hollywood movies. Well, all the all the well, stars nowadays, are executive producers. Yeah, I would say that nowadays more than ever, the importance of creating your own content, getting together with friends, like-minded people who want to do something and become a little bit more active. It's 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 hard, you know, when you're an actor and you're just waiting for the call. You're wait you're at the mercy of someone giving you a job. So it's also a way of taking control and doing something for you. You know, whether it gets the big massive, you know, impact attention that we all want is that's out of our control. But the one thing we do have control is creating our own our own content and just staying in the flow of what makes us happy much more in command of your career and of the creativity than just the old model of just wait until called and then go and stand there and say those words in the way he says to do it. And then you move on and get out of the way. Right. This, and now I so saw your project that's, with Will Forte, right? This is a great example of short form content now that's becoming much more accessible for great minds to get together and create. Tell us about that project because that sounds so much fun. I love him anyway. And I love Caitlin. I love, uh, it's always sunny. You know, yeah, they they were all great. I mean, I remember looking at my call sheet going, okay, this is pretty amazing. Will Forte, Caitlin Olson, um, Andy Garcia, Eva Longoria, Arturo Castro. And I got to, to work with, you know, all of them. Flipped was, uh, it was content, a storytelling in 10 minutes. So basically it was meant to you know, when you're waiting online for something, you know, whether you're at the airports or waiting for your coffee and you can just sort of binge watch in that way. But it was still made as a regular TV show. There was, there was no difference. You know, we had our call sheets and we had our call time and, you know, you're going through the motions of hair and makeup and going over the scripts and shooting it in pieces. Everyone was really nice. I remember shooting that in Malibu. We were outside and I just thought this is really nice. And it was, and it was great to work with people who love what they do and are in the spirit of collaboration. There was nothing, there was no, with stars of that caliber and magnitude, there was no ego. And that was pretty special. That's gotta be fun. I mean, I can see Andy Garcia being an egotistical fool because he's gorgeous and so experienced and has all the, you know, all the creds. Right. But to be able to work with the people. No, he's down to earth. He doesn't take himself serious. He's he's really funny. And Eva was, I mean, she was, she was so nice, which, which warmed my heart because I've always been a fan of hers and will he, I have to say he's my favorite. He was so funny. So nice. He is. He is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They're all great. Arturo. Same. And that's what I, I did see uh, some of the previews for that, too, with uh, the idea that, you know, the, the basic premise for those who want to check out Flipped is that Will Forte and Caitlin get together and uh, they, they want to be on a, the next HDTV, like a home renovation, because they want to, because they're broken, busted, they think they could do that's it. Well, they, right. That's when they, they, they immediately find a drug lord's money here buried in the walls. And now the problem has begun. The conflict has begun. 
yes, now they find themselves working for the mafia. So not what they expected. And there's lots of twists and turns and it's very funny. Almost an Ozark with humor. <laughs> I recently saw most of Derek by Ricky Gervais, the uh, 20 minute episodes and they're hilarious and you can put them together with great people you bring on, like having Andy Garcia and Eva Longoria in, in a show. It's, it's really, and this one I was the main theme here I'm talking about today, as far as following your calling is that it is great to be in charge. I mean, we look at to kind of slide, slide sideways a little bit, how the industry, your industry has been very unfair in very many ways. I mean, the Me Too movement was largely born of the uh, the producers and the directors abusing people and misusing people. But now it's become more egalitarian. A lot more people have a lot more control over it. And and that it's kind of like shining a light on the darkness and and giving people the right to and the power to make content, which is more improve is better for all of us who like the content. It's you know, it's such a sensitive subject because it's been going on for so long. And I think some people have known, but have just looked the other way. So as uncomfortable as it was, I'm glad that people stood up and talked about their experience and that others came around them and supported them and followed through with change and doing something about it. It wasn't, you know, the Me Too movement wasn't something that just came and went. No, people are aware of it. And I just remember with auditions, there was a total shift. I remember going to commercial auditions. And before the whole Me Too movement came about, I would have auditions. Let's say it was for, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't um, say. <laughs> it was like for a jewelry company. And they'd say, <laughs> okay, so you guys, we're going to pair you guys up as engaged. And so you're supposed to kiss this person that you just met like two seconds ago in the lobby and then all of a sudden act like you've had this flushed out romance. And, you know, after me too came about, they would actually ask us, are you comfortable? What are you comfortable with? Can I touch you here? Is it okay if we do this? If not, how do we get around that and still make it believable? And I thought that's really great because that was for an audition. It wasn't for an actual job. Right. And even when I, you know, look at a script and I see love scenes, I go, well, is that really, you know, necessary in this story? Um, you know, and in some, and in some stories, yes, you have to see that this, you know, that this couple really uh, has a history together. And part of that is really loving and respecting each other, et cetera, et cetera. But for a commercial audition for a few seconds, I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable going in and having someone's hands all over me that I, who I don't know. And, and, and you'll come across people who are very, very professional. Right. And that uh, fortunately has been uh, my case. You know, I've worked with very professional actors who, who understands, um, who understand, uh, limits and barriers. So that's important. Iris, can you talk about maybe the, the mental weight around going for a role or going for something that you're aspiring to do in Hollywood? And there's this overarching thing that I have to be a certain way, or I have to do things, or I have to be quiet, or I have to do this. Like, what is that, what's that emotional, mental baggage like for somebody that's trying to get somewhere with their career? You mean like knowing my place? Well, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if you're, you know, people are trying to aspire to get, to get to a certain level in the career and you have people that are holding them back maybe because 
you won't do a certain quote unquote favor for me or do these other things that you've heard about. Like I have to, I'd have to imagine that's, that's emotionally and mentally draining for somebody male or female. And how do you kind of get past that and keep working through that? I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's happened to you or, you know, people it's happened to, like it seems to, to be a lot to kind of have to deal with to really show up and do your job. You know, I'm uh Literally, when you're asking me this question, something came up for me, and I thought, "Do I share this? Do I not share this?" And I thought, "You know what? I'm going to share it." I I, uh, I I booked a film, and one of the producers said to me that if we weren't going to be together, he would have to let me go. That I couldn't do this film, wow. and it was shooting on location, and I flipped out. I flipped out, and I said, "I'm not going to stay quiet." And open my mouth and how dare you? And, you know, you know, long story short, I did end up doing the film and nothing else came of that. Uh, and I wasn't edited out. I did make it to final cut because I thought, okay, well, I could easily just end up on the cutting room floor. But I, it was, I don't, maybe because I was already seasoned, maybe because I've had, you know, some years behind, you know, under my belts of, being in the business and acting. But I think that had I been new to the industry, I might've been, I might've fallen into that and gone, okay, you know, I, I want this job. Sure. And that, that just drives me nuts that there are people in this industry that have no problem taking advantage of their position. Yeah. And how many young actors have been harmed that way and continue to be. But but again, with the combination of people like you standing up and putting a you know stiff arm in that guy's face, that's not going to work with me. You know, we have five concepts I call the powers, the five powers and impact actual are concepts, body, mind, heart and soul and the done zone, healthy boundaries. Because healthy boundaries, exactly like you said, are how we not only thrive individually, but how we thrive socially and in the family. Any kind of structure depends on healthy individuals with boundaries. You, you, if that guy is abusing you, he, you weren't the only person he approached that way. We can guarantee that, right? Dozens That's before right. you, That's maybe some after, but fewer after because he's afraid of getting called out as a predator, as a criminal. That's what it is. That's right. Pretty scary. Still has a career today. I, you know, I don't know. I don't don't follow him. But yeah, that's what we're all about. We don't shy away from tough conversations here. And I really appreciate you opening up about that. that that's 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 just honesty. You know, life isn't all rainbows and unicorns. And the more we can acknowledge each other's situations, the more we can demand dignity for other people around us, everybody, the people that are like me, the people that are not like me, people in my business, people outside my business. We we have an obligation, I think, to the species to, to deal with each other on that level, ensuring and maintaining each other's dignity. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's a good point. It's, it's interesting because I think that, you know, this industry and acting is so glamorized and people think it's really easy and, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> there's, I've been in this business, what I've been in LA, it's coming up on 20 years. And, you know, prior to that, I was, you know, from, I'm from New York. So I was, you know, doing the whole acting thing in New York as well. I was taking class and auditioning. I had booked a couple things. And then I finally decided to move to the West coast. Cause at the time the bulk of the work was here, 
But like I mentioned to you, you know, before uh, the interview, my my journey has not been straightforward. It's really sort of been all over the place between starting with dancing and going into pageantry and winning, you know, titles and traveling overseas and um, doing a lot of public speaking to finally going, okay, let let me find out what this whole acting thing is about. Let's see if I like it. Let's see if if it's for me. And thank goodness I haven't given up because there have been times that I've wanted to give up because it's not easy. You know, you do a job and you don't know when your next job is coming. It could be back to back or it could be crickets. Like you don't hear anything. And with the pandemic um, and the industry shutting down, I mean, that threw a whole that threw a wrench into it for everyone, right? We, we didn't know what to expect when we were opening back up. And it's just nice that it's um, up and running again in a safe way. It's hugely important. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the, the whole topic. And you, you, we talked also off camera about the, uh, the issue of your, your options being more limited before you got into performing and the uh, showbiz world. <laughs> Tell us about that and the Colombian expectations. Well, it was limiting because of my dad. <laughs> my, uh, you know, my mom's from Puerto Rico. My dad's from Colombia. And, you know, growing up, my dad was the breadwinner. My mom, stay-at-home mom with us three kids. And so my dad really wanted the best for his kids, like any, any parent. So my choices were doctor, lawyer, businesswoman. There was no room for creativity. He didn't understand that. I didn't even know it was an option. I just saw people on TV and I thought, oh, that's cool. And, you know, in school, I was introduced to the world of dance and I absolutely loved it. And it, it would, I know it would kind of irk my dad because he would, he didn't understand how that could benefit me. And it was a waste of time. And I thought, well, when I get old enough, I'll be able to pursue what I really want because I was hearing through the grapevine, through friends that I could actually study that and have a job and a career in it. And, and it's, it's interesting because when I, when I moved to LA, my dad didn't, he never he didn't talk. He didn't want to even touch upon the, the, the subject of acting, even though I came out here to act. And I started working right away. I mean, four weeks after moving, I booked a guest star on a network show, King of Queens. And then that first year was just really busy. I was a new kid on the block. After a year, all of a sudden I hit kind of a wall and I thought, oh no, this is what it's really like. You know, you got to really work for this. But my dad, you know, finally there was, there was a time where I was on TV every day because I was on a show and every night I was on, on this show. And I also had, I think, two national commercials running at the same time. So people started coming up to my dad saying, hey, I saw Iris and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I saw Iris in this. And so then one day he goes, oh, yeah, I was getting ready for work and I, I, I saw your commercial. And I was like, oh, my gosh, progress. He's actually talking about it because he wouldn't even talk about it. So now I, I still don't think he knows what understands what I do. <laughs> but but he's a lot calmer now than, than back then. He was just worried about me. <laughs> of course, of course. Every daddy is. I have one baby girl. Well, actually several bonus daughters now through oh. my fiance, through my, my daughter's girlfriend. And so I have like a little, a little covey of daughters, but I, I, you know, they're, they're precious to us. Daddy's her that way. It's going to be. Uh, that's wonderful. My gosh, you're outnumbered. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Now the, the feminine force is strong with this pal, this little, my little <laughs> posse. We're kind of, I'm kind of like, um, I was just thinking of, uh, shoot, I cannot remember her name, but uh, the uh, the wife on um, Modern Family, Al Bundy's wife, the actress. Uh, Sophia. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sofia Vergara. Sofia Vergara, yeah. She talks about, uh, in one of the episodes, about how at her quinceanera, it was so special, how important it was, and how there wasn't a dry eye in the cartel. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> reference for the Colombians. She's really funny. She I really like her. Is. I met her once at an event just in, in passing. Oh, no, that's not true. I met her twice. I met her in New York, and she was at the, the Columbian Festival in Queens uh-huh. uh, at Flushing Meadow Park. So we met there. And at the time, she was she was hosting a travel show on Univision. And then, you know, years later here in Hollywood at, at an event in passing, she's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my dad w- wondered, like, what could he possibly say to our family back in Colombia, you know, so I think I'm going to call him out, whatever. Like at one point he said that I was a child psychologist. And I was like, really sad because he just couldn't bear saying that I wanted to be an actress yeah. um, because that was another interest of mine, psychology. So he's like, oh, well, I'm going to run with that, even though I didn't study it. It's close <laughs> enough for dad purposes. Yeah. I, I do say that acting is is the the study of human behavior well, so. absolutely it has to be you have to understand so many different minds to play a different mm-hmm. person i mean i think if someone you know checked out the search you know my searches on my laptop they'd go okay she's dangerous yeah. just because i get all these roles where i have to research things that have nothing to do with me with you know drugs or you know the 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 sex traffic. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's just really weird subjects. But I, I find it really fascinating. I'm constantly learning. It's very broadening, that, that, that work. It is. It is. It's not just about memorizing words. Right. And so, you know, I've had people go, oh, I could do that because it, it, it looks easy. And I go, go for it. Go for it. You can say the words, but can you say the words? Let's word see what happens when you're standing there and they say action and you have about 50 people looking back at you. Yeah. You know, it's like you've got to really know your stuff. It's uh, It can be a lot of pressure. You have to not take yourself serious. People are going to be staring at you. It's because they have their own job, whether it's the makeup person who's looking to see if you're, you know, shiny or, you know, hair, see if something's out of place. Your wardrobe is wrinkling in a weird place or the lighting is creating a shadow. You know, you have to just not be busy with yourself and just focus on really being a vessel for this character and for the story. Yeah, that makes sense. I've done a lot of background work myself just when I was available in Virginia, around Virginia and other places and a couple of uh, documentaries and Nat Geo and so forth. And even simple things like learning how to blocking, you know, and facing and not speaking when you're pretending to speak behind the actual speakers. That's that's so much to learn. It is not something you can walk in and do, even if you have a lot of, a lot of empathy, like I do, you know, I can be, I can be, I can relate to different people easily, but it's it's a very, very important skill set. Important. Well, I think that's, that's really, that's an, that's a wonderful quality to have as an actor is empathy. Because you're not supposed to judge your characters. You're supposed to understand them, understand why they think the way they do, why they make the choices that they make. I started off as a background actor as well. I did extra work and I was fascinated. I thought, wow, there is this whole machine behind what we actually see as a final product on the big screen or on the, on the tube or on our phones now. Yeah. Um, In 10 minutes so, or less. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, 
And I, I have to, I'm going to tell you this quick story. I remember I, I booked a, I booked a guest star on Sex and City, you know, back in the day. And prior to that was my first professional job. And prior to that, I had been doing, you know, extra work on Third Watch, Education of Max Bickford, all these other shows, trying to get my voucher because supposedly if you collected three vouchers, then you could qualify to get into, you know, Screen Actors Guild at the right. time. I didn't get a single voucher, but whatever. So I ended up doing this guest star for Sex and City and it's time to, to eat. And so I, I get online, I, I get my food. And so I see a group of background performers sitting at the table. So I naturally go towards them. when I hear my name being called over to this side, you know, the other side, and they go, Iris, come here. And I realized it was the executive producers, actors, and I felt really bad. I didn't want them to think, background right. actors, that I thought that I was better because I didn't, I just was being called by my bosses. So, yeah, yeah. and then when I sat down, it was just like the shift. I went, Oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm at the table now. Yep. See and, the table. You know, still stay, I'll stay humble, you know, appreciative of the opportunity, but I've got to receive this opportunity and not feel like I don't deserve it. You know? Yeah. That's a big part of it. Another thing we talk about besides healthy boundaries is learning that you do deserve Again, dignity, respect, being treated with uh, with with decency, and to do the same for other people. That's what the impact is all about, which takes me to, well, we're really coming up on the wire, but I don't want to not, I don't want to miss our conversation about WUFA. I want to hear about that oh. before uh, before we, we lose you today. Okay. Okay. I will tell you. Well, thanks for asking about my nonprofit. So uh, myself and a team of women came together and co-founded a nonprofit called WUFA, and it stands for Women United for Animal Welfare. And basically what we do is we partner up with um, rescues locally and abroad and help them with their rescue efforts, whether that means fundraising, uh, helping set up uh, spay and neuter programs. Sometimes we find fosters and adopters. We're not an actual, uh, we're not a rescue. We don't have a physical space to bring dogs, but we do help out. Now, three of the co-founders, including myself, we were at a different shelter before this. When we left there is when we created WUFA. But before WUFA, I had been to China I worked quite a bit with dogs from the dog meat trade, dog and cat meat trade, I should say. And when I flew back to the United States with, with Valerie uh, Ianello, who's actually the president of WUFA, we brought back four dogs. Three were from a slaughterhouse and my dog, who was a stray, who can't walk. She's a special needs dog. She has rheumatoid arthritis, but she's living her best life. I know people are like, oh, I feel sorry for her. I'm like, you know, she doesn't feel sorry for herself. Yes. She's, she's, dogs are pretty special. I mean, they adapt and she's, she's awesome. But right now what we're doing is we're collecting donations. One of our co-founders and veterinarian, Dr. Soto, uh, is going with a few vets and a team of volunteers to ADA, A-D-A. I think that's how you pronounce it, or ADA. Uh, it's a shelter, um, dog shelter in Poland by the Ukrainian border. There's lots of people who are you know, surrendering their dogs because they can't take care of them. There are um, refugee camps close by. So uh, WUFA is going to help the animals in need, but also help their owners. So we are, so I will say that on social media, we are at WUFA underscore official and WUFA is W-U-F-A-W underscore official. And we're across the board, Instagram, and Facebook, dot Twitter. for the site, right? And we'll learn about it and, and you can see all the programs. Yeah. 
You're using your platform for good purposes. That's that's a beautiful thing. That's that's what we should be doing, right? Make a difference. You've talked about your path and how it was it was uh, a little bit stymied up front, and then you found your way. And so I'm going to follow this. You know, this is my calling. I'm going to be in this industry. I mean, the arts are always challenging, aren't they? A lot of people struggle to get out of the practical world. Yes. I mean, there's there's definitely no roadmap. And it's just because you book a big job doesn't mean that you're going to be rewarded with the next big job right around the corner. I mean, I always say, you know, when you have, uh, you know, a normal job outside, I say normal because I'm like, oh, that's so normal. It's so nice to know when you're going to get paid and you've got benefits and all that. That's not the way it is in the acting world, which is why a lot of actors have a survival job. I did for some time. I'm at the point where I'm able to, you know, survive from my career. But I don't, you know, I don't take that lightly. That is that is huge. It's taken me a long time to do that. I don't know. What else can I say? <laughs> I would ask you on that note. Well, first of all, I promised up front I would say irisalmario.com again at the end because I really want people to find you. And Thank you. On that note, it's, you know, following your calling is hard. What do you want to leave the listener with as far as kind of a don't give up kind of a this is, you know, I mean, you've talked about some things that are almost tearsome, you know, like painfully emotional, but, uh, and I, and I really appreciate that so much. And when, what are they, why, why should they dig deep? Why should they keep going? I, well, thank you for asking me. I think that I know what worked for me and I hope it works for others is just shutting out the noise as, and listening to you. It's very easy to get swayed about what you think society wants you to do or what others, you know, like in my case, my dad with his good intentions, but ultimately, you're the one that's waking up with yourself. You're the one that's going to sleep with you. You know what I mean? It's just you are your constant person. So I would say, listen to you and keep going. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, there's nothing wrong. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to hit a wall. I mean, my gosh, my industry, you're, my spirit is tested on the daily. There's just so much rejection. And I could have given up years ago. I could have given up, you know, a week before, you know, yeah, last week, but I didn't. You just keep going. If you really, really love it, do that. Because I just feel like it's really soul sucking to do something that you don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, it just starts to fall into other areas of your life of why, you know, nothing will be, nothing will uh, fulfill you. Absolutely. So definitely follow your joy. A lingering death, a life of not life. Ugh. <laughs> that's that's kind of a low point, kind of a high point to end on. I really, I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. This is so good. Thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me. This has been fun. This is terrific. And people are going to gain from it. And that's all we're looking for. That's all we're looking for. Help people gain and make their changes and not give up like you're talking about. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Eric, as always, thank you, brother. My pleasure. Iris, thanks so much for, you know, for your authenticity and, and vulnerability and, wise words there at the end. And, you know, one of the things that, that I thought of when you said that is a lot of times those closest to us that love us the most want us to play it the most safe and secure. And they do that because they, they care and they love and they love you and they want, they want the best for you. But a lot of times it's not the best advice for you. 
you know, you don't find a lot of a lot of people out there saying, yeah, go risk everything that are that are closest to you. So keep being you keep living, you know, keep living your life. And I just I, I love it. So c- congrats on all your success. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. That is solid advice to the listeners. <laughs> thank you to everybody in the audience. Thank you for tuning in today. Be here next week for more goodness on Beyond Your Limits and how to blow past your, you know, your your doubts and fears and, and just say, as Iris said, I, I, I just keep on going and listen to the heart, follow the heart, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois, the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.